Hello, this is Steve Smith, and I'm a real hooper. What real hoopers do is they lead on and off the court, more importantly in their community. Got to go to hoopersvote.org, learn how you can make a difference, make a change. Once again, hoopersvote.org. Get out there and vote, make a difference in your community. That's from Steve Smith, a real hooper. and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Sunday morning for the Daily Ding. We have all of your action from another unforgettable night from the NBA bubble. I'm Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo DeKeel and Dave Dufour. We have Jade Hoy throwing her verses down like Plumlee in the studio as we speak and do not miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. You can subscribe now and save by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding. You can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month, and sports are back, and you won't want to miss any of the breaking stories on your favorite teams, especially if they're the Nuggets, because we've got some news for you. So go to theathletic.com slash daily ding to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Coming up on today's show... Jokic gets in foul trouble. Jamal Murray tries to fight through the pain, but LeBron takes over. The Lakers, they have taken down the Nuggets. There will be no 3-1 comeback this time. The Lakers win the series in five games with a 117-107 to win. LeBron was absolutely incredible down the stretch. So, Mo, I want to start with you. We have to start this with just the obligatory drooling over LeBron's goodness. I mean, triple-double, 38, 16, and 10. I mean, I could have told you. Like, this was the thing. I'm pretty sure I said it on the ding last night. There was no way LeBron was letting the Lakers lose this game with a trip to the finals on the line. Like, they just – he wasn't going to risk it at all. And I think, you know, he came out with the appropriate amount of, I'm coming for you all tonight, and I'm coming – and we're going to the finals. And, I mean, hell, it it was phenomenal. They've been about – business all season i mean mo we talked about this the first week how surprised we were a that the chemistry level was where it was but but b the intensity that they came out of the gate in the regular season i've been impressed with it all year this is another example of that you know i think they came out flat in that game three Mm -hmm. and it was pretty obvious since then that that they weren't taking the Nuggets lightly. And I don't even think that they were taking them lightly in game three. I just think they took their foot off the gas a little bit and, and they looked a little bit tired. Well, they found their second wind. And, you know, this one pretty much didn't feel in, in doubt at any point, even when the Nuggets were making that run. I mean, the Lakers have just been so great in fourth quarters all year. It kind of felt like a wrap going into the fourth. And uh, LeBron just I don't even know what more we can say about him. That hasn't been said. There is nothing new to say. He just keeps doing this. I don't know how, but he does. I mean, he's been the best player in the playoffs, I think. And this is another one of those performances where it's just like time to close this. And he does. This is this is the reason why there isn't anything new to say, Dave. It's like his 17th, maybe even his 18th year, depending on how we want to count playing. I, I'm going year 18 now. OK, right? OK. So we're, we're going, this season's now 13 months long. So, <laughs> OK, so we're going at year 18. There isn't anything new to say. It's a great point that you bring up, though, about early on the chemistry being there. And I think that was a focal point, you know, that James had 
to start the season. And it wasn't here the year before when he didn't believe, you can tell he didn't really think this, that team he had last year with the young kids was going to be enough to get to the finals. So he wasn't as invested. This one, he was, he was, he bought in from day one into what Vogel was selling, which we all know is extremely important for a coach and invested in this team in making sure the chemistry was, was right. And that's how they ended up going to the finals in this scenario because of that. And it, I think everything you said, Dave, it started from day one. It's funny because you go back to that day one and there is this perception that the Lakers kind of bungled the offseason aside from bringing AD in and that they didn't get the prime coaching candidate that could have been available to them. They brought in a bunch of veterans that just didn't make sense. And yet they seem to be the most complete team in the NBA right now. And their execution from a coaching perspective has just been phenomenal. Well, Vogel is really good and has been good and has just been underrated because he didn't coach in a, in a major market. It, that kind of is how the coaching things go from, for the most part. Um, but I don't know how anybody could say you bungled anything when you got Anthony Davis. Now, maybe you didn't get all the extra stuff that you wanted. You know, they didn't get the third star, but I'd argue that they were better off without the third star to a certain degree because it allowed them to get Danny Green, who hit a couple of big shots. And I know he hasn't been good in the playoffs, but as I try to tell everyone, you know, you can trust Danny Green when you get to the finals and now they've made the finals. So, you know. You're welcome. Uh, but, you know, Dave's favorite for player, Caruso. by the way, Dave's, yeah. Dave's favorite player. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, Caruso has, has been found money for them, especially with LeBron. Like amazing chemistry is a cutter off of LeBron. You know, they got Rondo, which, of course, we all made fun of it because we just forget every year that he does stuff like this during the playoffs. Uh, Dwight Howard has been fantastic this, this year, and we all kind of made fun of it. Because he looked washed before and now looks a lot better. So, and part of that is probably LeBron, but part of that is also Dwight, you know, being committed to be better. And so, yeah, they didn't get Kawhi. Great. Okay. But they still did pretty well. And hindsight, of course, is 2020. But when you look at some of the pieces that they've got, none of them really matter because you've got LeBron and AD. Yeah, that's the point, right? right? Like everybody's upset about everything they had to give up. And they did give up a lot, but. Mm-hmm. They're in the finals, and that was kind more. of the that was kind of the thought, right? If we get yeah. AD and pair him with LeBron, we're taking the gamble that that's going to be enough to get us in the finals this year. Well, it paid off, you know. <laughs> and, and if it didn't go into the conference finals, it's still a lot for a team that didn't make the playoffs for the past six years. And I, I think that's something that it's funny if people want to talk about them bungling the trade. It wasn't clean looking or anything like that, but they got the guy they wanted, so looks quite successful. So it definitely helps when LeBron is partnered with another great player and Anthony Davis, it seemed like was having kind of a down night and was having trouble impacting this game. And somewhere along the way, maybe it was that 30 footer that basically iced the game at the end there. He ends up with 27 points on eight for 16 shooting. He goes nine for nine from the line. His block on Michael Porter Jr. was absolutely mind blowing. Uh, he was, but MPJ pushed off and still somehow AD was able to just like hold on in the middle of the air and get that shot blocked. I mean, just talk about Mo. I'll start with you. What Anthony Davis has done as Anthony Davis answered any doubts that you might have had about him, I guess, in this series. I didn't have many doubts about him. I'll say part of the reason why I think he was he was kind of slow tonight, really, except for a few plays here and there, The like everything you mentioned. But he also was coming in with that twisted ankle, and then it mm-hmm. looked like he tweaked it again 
uh, in late in the third quarter, was it, guys? Sorry, I'm yeah, it was to... late in the third, yeah, yeah, and and it you know so it it kind of hampered him a bit. Still was able to get up and make that block on uh, Junior there, and it was pretty impressive. Overall, I think it's just kind of and it's sort of what Dave said before, you know, going from New Orleans, a small market uh, city to LA, everything kind of gets blown up and almost sometimes blown out of proportion looking at the hype Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso have received over the years. But he's worth it and it's and he's showing it. And it wasn't just in these games. It was, you know, the the big monster games in game one and two and things like that. I think they're, you know, anybody who's really kind of doubting AD, you know, they really need to start checking themselves because he's proven He's a hell of a player. Now, he may not be a number one for a championship mm-hmm. team, but he's a damn good number two for a championship squad. I mean, he's a great like one B, you right. know, if he's not if he's not the one A guy, he's a great one B. <laughs> um, I mean, he did this tonight and, and I agree with you, Jared. It didn't feel like he was affecting the game all that much until late, um, but he did it on on that bum ankle and. That was kind of a knock on Anthony Davis. You know, he didn't really miss a lot of games, but he missed parts of a lot of games, right? Like he would leave games early. He was always hurt. Yeah. Right. And it would just be like, you know, a tweak here, a tweak there. He'd leave the game and then not finish. And I I just think from a psyche standpoint, he's different. You know, the ankle thing the other night, I mean, he fought through that, finished the game. And it was it was pretty obvious in this one that it was bugging the hell out of him. And still, like he was just doing all this stuff. So uh, hell of a series for him. Hell of a playoffs for him. He's been fantastic. There have been times where LeBron has been down, which I know is weird for all of us. But he's been down and Anthony Davis has been the one to lift him up. And and that's what you know, that's why LeBron and the Lakers wanted Anthony Davis to get to L.A. Because as LeBron gets older, Stuff's going to get more difficult. You need a guy like Anthony Davis that can pick you up when things get down. And that whole fourth quarter, I mean, the Lakers finished this off with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, which is exactly what they envisioned when they put them together. Well, so I asked that question because obviously I had something I wanted to say. Sure. About it. And, and we're not going <laughs> to ask you any questions. No, no, please don't. And no, but it's fine. I wanted to tee you guys up first. But so <laughs> I've always felt that Anthony Davis was basically the best bad shot maker in the league where he took so many contested shots, didn't really fight the extra mile to give himself the separation he needed. Um, You know, just a lot of the points that he got were points that I think he could have made either that could have been threes instead of long twos, or he could have gotten closer to the rim to try to get fouls and try to finish through contact. And we definitely have seen over the course of this year, he's really grown through that. And I think he's taken on a lot of what LeBron does really well and added it to his game. But we've just seen in the playoffs, a much more concerted effort to commit to taking the three ball to commit to getting to the rack, even though he still is putting up some of those early floaters that I think he should just go through contact on. Um, But I think we've seen an evolution in his game where he's kind of ascended to the next level of he was never like a he was never a finesse player or a or like a weak player by any means. But I don't think he embraced physicality quite in the same way that he does now. And we're just seeing he dominates at a level that I don't think he ever quite dominated at before. But he just obviously had that massive impact because his usage rate was so high. But, you know, on a night where he only had 16 field goal attempts and got to the line nine times, you know, you could see that he just maximizes his opportunities in ways that he didn't quite before. And that's why the Lakers are getting to the finals in, uh, in only five games. Are you sure it's not just Alex Caruso? I mean, he is the GOAT, yeah, so it's, I guess it's, that's guys, guys, it's Caruso 
and Kuzma. Come on. Come yeah. on. It's Car- a tandem. Caruso- Caruso was awesome in this game. You know, his cutting is so great. And he and LeBron have really amazing chemistry on the court. And you can actually see it even when they don't connect on things or if they're defensive miscues. You can see that Caruso really takes his cues from LeBron and will take the criticism from him and just look to do better on the next possession or or whatever. And, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff I really pay attention to, especially as we get to this point, you know, almost the finals. Um, I think Alex Caruso is going to have a big game in the finals because he's going to have to, you know, they're going to be keyed on LeBron. They're going to be keyed on Anthony Davis. They're going to need Caruso to have one of these like 15 point games that he's capable of here and there. I, I think that uh, this was a little precursor to that. I think it's all the guys, Dave. I think oh, that's, yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's going to be a game where it's going to have to be a big Rondo game. There's going to have to be a big uh, Caruso game, Caldwell Pope, Danny Green, uh, Kuzma. All those guys are going to have to have, you know, their moments during the finals because, you know, yeah, everybody, both teams, whoever comes out of the East are going to definitely junk it up on AD and LeBron and it's going to get challenging there. And I think that's where it gets uh, interesting. Just going back to Caruso, and I do think there's a few other players that are doing this too, but what I love about what he's doing, and I think it's been infectious for this whole Lakers organization on both ends, is that he's willing to make those cuts even when he knows the ball's not coming his way. Mm -hmm. And the Lakers, they get a lot of good off-ball movement, whether it be just on offense or if it's contests. You know, There's just so many extra efforts to not get caught in rotation and to keep fighting on defense. And I'm, I'm not saying Caruso is, is the origin of that, but I'm saying that I do think Caruso has embodied that so well. And obviously, those are the characteristics that you need to be a championship-winning team, regardless of whether or not you have the best player ever on your team and maybe the best player in the league for the future on your team as well. Should we eulogize the Nuggets? Nah, they lost. They're done. No. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, no, we got play- I, I think rough, we're deep look, enough It was a rough can- game. It was a rough yeah. game for the Nuggets, plain and simple. The the early foul trouble for Jokic, which, you know, it's just dumb. They're He's dumb got, fouls. There's no excuse for those fouls. The the Euro, I'm going to stop the fast break foul. He has to get fined every time that happens well, next season. Especially because he, he's he been fouling so much in this series. You know, overall in the playoffs, I think he's only averaging like three and a half fouls a game. And he's averaging like 37 minutes a game. But he has to know, hey, if I pick up an early third foul or second foul, actually, in this game, I'm going to have to sit. That's what Mike Malone's going to do because he can't trust me to play defense because, you know, I can't keep my hands off people and I'm not fast enough to stay in front of them. And this has got to be a big area of improvement for Jokic because his ceiling as a player is going to be limited if he can't stay on the court in particular in important situations where it's not a matchup for him. I mean, this this entire series has been very physical inside. They clearly were making it a point to go at him. I mean, Dwight Howard, we saw early on in the series. Right. I, like, who knows what was going to happen, right, until things got calmed down. Um, I, I just think that a big point of emphasis for for Jokic this summer is to work on that stuff. You know, like, it, it's it's more about impulse control than anything else. Maybe you're never going to be a great defender or great rim protector or any of these things, but you don't have to foul like that. You know, right. you can you can 
avoid the frustration fouls, which is a huge thing for Jokic, where you know he'll get called for a, an offensive foul on one end and come down on the other end and be way too physical because he's frustrated. So there, there are some IQ things that, as smart of a basketball player he is, he needs to lose some of the emotional parts of his of his fouling where he's just got to be okay with hey you know what I can't get there I'm going to let that bucket go because I need to be on the court for how important I am on the other end you you nailed it like everything you said is right on Dave about that the the just the the frustration fouls and all of those things are all killers for the team because it takes away their best asset you know and even if he stays on the court in those scenarios he's less aggressive you know and look the amount he's involved in on the offensive end and it's not just him in the post it's him setting screens and things like that it's really easy mm-hmm. to pick up a foul in those scenarios him is the role. release foul for it, 3 you know what i mean like it takes it takes away from the space of their offense when they have to play plumley right and and it's just so many things that make it challenging and that's why these these fouls have really just killing his game and it's killing the nuggets and and uh, look i'm sure it's been he's been told this several times that's why i'm telling you man you got to find him every time he does it or make him do push-ups or sit-ups maybe sit-ups what do we think no man i hate that euro foul anyway i mean the euro foul has got to go i mean this is by the way the euro foul is not just a Jokic thing right all of these dudes got to stop wasting that foul could could solve this problem and, and make the game like think about this that stupid foul takes away the most exciting play in basketball, the fast break. The NBA needs to at least allow advantage so that it like in that instance, the the one that he picked up, you know, that was going to be a fast break dunk for the for the Lakers. So you blow the whistle and if they get the bucket, then it's no foul. You just play on. (laughs) And and honestly, it would make a better product, first of all, because you would get more of those exciting plays, but also it would take away some of the you know, some of the coaching decision making where a guy has picked up a stupid foul or, or a foul that, you know, saved you two points, which, it you know, the trade off just isn't worth it, especially when it's Jokic making that foul. I mean, I also and, and we're, we're probably going to hit this on Nerder at some point during the offseason. But, you know, I'd like to see the foul out go away altogether because if, as a as a television product, it's bad for your product to have your best players unable to be on the court. Uh, it's kind of kind of silly if you if you think about it. So um, there's a lot of stuff that can be done there. But number one thing is Jokic cannot take any of those. Somebody else has got to be designated, but not Jokic. Yes, and we will disagree on Nerder about the foul out stuff way down the road. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but the but just the whole thing is just stupid. It's a dumb play. Plain and simple. It's just a dumb play. They got to stop it, and that really hurts this Nuggets team because then he picks up. You know, two fouls in the second quarter pretty quickly. I'm sorry, he picks up a second foul in the first quarter on a Danny Green drive, Mm -hmm. which was a foul. Yeah, he had to sit six minutes in. Yeah, and then, you know, same. And then, you know, we can kill Malone all day for playing Plumlee as much as he did instead of going to Millsap at the five, which was a much better lineup, I think we all agree on. Yeah. And then, you know, when he's in in the second quarter, he, you know, he runs over Caruso and, that's a charge, you know, and picks up his third and then has to sit. And that, you know, really became just an issue for the Nuggets the whole way through and became a problem. Third quarter, he picks up his fourth foul. Then he's got to sit again. And it's, it's just a problem. And, and you got to be smarter, especially uh, when you know Murray is hurt. You know, like Jamal Murray's out there playing on one leg. You have got to play smarter because you cannot be off the court. Yeah. And that was just and it was just dumb. And at the end of the day, so, you know, it's it's something we can 
we can harp on, but let's let's talk to some of the other stuff about the Nuggets. Because here's the thing, fellas, I'm walking away from this playoff run from the Nuggets, going like, dude, I can't wait to watch this team next year. I'm excited for the future of this team. They got a lot of interesting pieces, and they showed a ton of heart throughout this entire playoffs. I think we might get a rematch in the Western Conference Finals next year. I, I that's way too far right now because I'm I not think sure. We might. Oh yeah, you're right. The Lakers might not make it. I'm, I'm, I'm not even. I actually think that's a possibility. <laughs> so <laughs> the West is stacked next year, folks. Golden State's coming back. Everybody who who didn't make the playoffs this year looked a lot better, except Minnesota. Sorry, guys. Um, Oklahoma City's probably going to drop out, but everybody else is going to be back in this mix. The West is stacked. Colin, who's going to make the conference finals next year, is is crazy. But teams should be petitioning to go to the East. Yes, they should. And <laughs> New Orleans I, <laughs> should for sure, right? Like they're they're basically in the East. Memphis, Memphis. I always thought every road trip, every time we ended up in Memphis, I was like, man, Memphis needs to be in the East. I mean, Memphis is geographically in the East, so it is kind of ridiculous. Um, all right, well, we skipped over about thirty things I wanted to ask about from the game. So I guess since we're close let's to the end em. here, let's hit them. Let's get. All right, well, then finally, we'll backtrack a little. By the way, uh, I love the advantage play idea that you mentioned. I think, pretty sure I put this in a story, but I actually had a story about proposing advantage play for the NBA earlier this year in the athletics. So I'll have to tweet out that link later for the listeners. But um, we've already kind of touched on the Jokic sub out after the third foul. What do we think of, I'll start with Dave, because I think he's yelled the least so far. What do we think of them going with, uh, with I guess, Millsap over MPJ to close us out? Uh, Millsap has been very good on Anthony Davis defensively in the series. And I, listen, I'm not going to second guess him for that. Um, I, I, I certainly think that MPJ should have played more because you know your defense is not going to stop the Lakers. So you need to be able to score. And that's a better option. But I can't fault a coach for wanting to play a guy who's been very effective defensively against, you know, one of the two best players on the other team. So it's kind of a pick your poison thing. I do think that there were missed opportunities in the series to to have Millsap uh, with second units as a center and getting more time with with MPJ, Jokic, Grant and Murray all on the court at one time. I mean, your four best offensive players, I, I think that. Certainly we can sit and nitpick, but overall Malone did a pretty good job in this series, you know, and I disagree with how much he sat Jokic in foul trouble, but I can completely wrap my head around the reasoning why, because as we just talked about, Jokic picks up dumb fouls. Uh, But overall, yeah, I I think uh, if you're going to close with Millsap, I can't, I can't hate it. You know, the thing is, Jared, is you got to come up with stops. You know, you're, you're playing from behind as much as you need to score. You also need to come up with stops. You can't just trade buckets in that scenario. And, you know, Porter had flashes, but he's not consistent enough defensively for you to really feel confident in a situation where you need to come from behind to, to win this game. He's not a guy you can trust defensively. Now, if it's the other way around and they're up 10, yeah, maybe I go Porter because at least, you know, you're going to, he's going to give as much as he gives up. As much as he's going to give up. So I think there's some of that. But in this scenario there, I have no problems with him going with Millsap just because the situation, just, you're not, and Porter's not there defensively consistently enough where we can feel like that's good, a guy that should be playing at the end of the game. Yeah, because we did see, we saw Porter come in for uh, Millsap 
in the late third quarter. Morris came in for Harris a little bit before that. And the Nuggets, they went on a nice run and they almost completely tied it up there. And that, that also started with LeBron sitting out very briefly. Um, and then they, they did stick with Porter and Morris at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Morris, of course, second straight game where he played, came in, you know, in the middle of the third quarter and just played out the rest of the game. Uh, but the, the Lakers are able to start hitting back in the early fourth quarter, especially with Danny Green back out there and making some big plays. But oh, wait, who, I guess who, who, wait, hold on. Who was making some I'm big sorry. plays? I said NBA champion Danny Green. Th- there you go. Huge I block on I, Jokic. Huge <laughs> block on Jokic. Couple of threes late. That's what champions do. Winning plays. Winning that's plays. Right. That's what he Danny makes. Green. You know? And that's why even when he doesn't make shots, I still think he brings something on the defensive end that, you know, that you you sometimes got to live with it. And I think that's something Laker fans have to adjust to now. You know, we'll see what he does in the finals. I know Dave's super excited and, and we'll we'll get it going from there. But it's big plays. And then also we LeBron down the stretch. I mean, he was we already we already did it. <laughs> but we laughable. have to do it again. It's it was laughable. He, he was just going at that point it was over you know once he started hitting the shots i was like it's over that's the incredible thing to me about lebron and it's funny because i know like people have tried to hang this passive thing on him because he likes to make the right basketball play not not me i'm saying that other people have done this oh you just did it (laughs) i'm not i am definitely not doing that he he affects and controls all parts of the game and he was fantastic defensively tonight that that closing sequence from him was just how is this guy doing this? He hasn't been able to buy a jumper all see, all playoffs. I mean, he he took a shot a three the other night that clanked off the opposite side of the basket from the wing. I mean, it was just <laughs> right. awful. And then he's just like, oh yeah, I got this mid range all of a sudden. Even though I shot like thirty two percent during the regular season from here, I'm just gonna hit all these. I'm gonna hit this three. I'm just I just got to cook it. Really incredible, and again, like LeBron's a closer. This is just what he does. It, plain and simple. Can we yeah. talk about it, Jeremy Grant? That's what I was about to say. And you know Perfect. what? Credit to Jeremy Grant at the end there when LeBron hit that shot over him. That was incredible defense by Grant. It, it was. And, it was great defense, just better shot making. No, yeah. but Grant had. I mean, this is pretty high up there for, I guess, not high usage role players jumping into like a major high usage role in excelling. We have seen anything. It's very rare that we've seen anything like this in recent memory. I'm struggling to think of a good comparison. I'm sure there's a few in recent memory. A guy memory, breaking but, out during a conference finals. You know, yeah, and, a guy that had no, that like just like had no offensive role besides just like crashing and spacing a little bit, becoming Austin like Crozier. a great scorer. They lucked into it. So they (laughs) lucked into it to a certain degree. And and I hate to say luck because, you know, they got there because Will Barton's hurt. But they wouldn't have like this is again, this is kind of found money for them. Of course, they're going to have to pay for it now because you know that he's capable of this stuff. I I wonder if they didn't stumble over the missing piece for them, which has been a wing. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is a wing and so is Jeremy Grant. Like, let's just get that out of the way now. A lot of people want to slide them up to four, maybe even some five. Those guys are wings because that's who they guard. And they just stumbled on to a guy who's a legitimate two-way wing that they've had on the roster all year, but who can really score in a way that they didn't realize, I think, before the playoffs started. They're gonna he, He's going to get paid this summer, probably a decent amount of money. But they go into next year with a really, really potent starting lineup. I mean, I'm assuming that he's going to be there in, in that three or four spot. 
And uh, I don't know how teams are going to score with Denver next season. Oh, defensively? How they're going to? No, no, no. no. I, I think that they're not going to be able to keep up. I mean, Denver is going to potentially. They're going to be like the Dallas Mavericks this year. Could be. It could be possible. Let's not go too crazy here. First off, though, too, we've seen guys who've had a massive playoff run, sign a huge contract, and be duds the next year. We've seen it. There's no sure. question about it. And so it's But he was pretty good this year though. He was, but we've seen this before, Dave. We've seen this from guys in contract years. Mm-hmm. Like let's but we've not also go- seen hold on, but we've also seen guys thrive in a new role, which again, he was in a new role. He he was their wing scoring threat without Will Barton, and, and he was much less passive than he was all season. So I think for, for the Nuggets, it's important that they know that he can play that role. I mean, I I, I think it, he pretty well proved it uh, well, in the no, course of the playoffs. You, you got to do more than that. You got to do more than that because let's see what happens when he gets paid because there's a long list of guys who have done that. Uh, I mean, have, that's fair. That's who fair. have done that. And so it's not and – it, and it's not a shot at Grant. I love him. I think he's great, you know, and, and I think he can I think he can do this. Will he's a whole different story and we have to just let it progress and build. But overall, just here's the thing and the beauty of this Nuggets team. Their best player is twenty five years old. They're 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 one B. He's not their second best player. He's one B. Jamal right. Murray is twenty three. Michael Porter Jr. is twenty two. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that he's always gonna be a nugget. They can ship him off for a great asset. If, if something happens, you know, there's going to be a possibility of that or if, if they keep him. I mean, this is a guy that they can develop like there's there's a lot of promise within this whole team. You know, Gary Harris is there for a few more years under contract. And I thought he was good in the playoffs after struggling through the year. You know, I think there's a lot of guys, you know, we'll see what it looks like with Will Barton back. We'll see what Grant looks like, you know, if he comes back, because I won't be surprised if one of these teams really kind of uh uh, one of these bottom feeding teams with a ton of cap space throw a lot of money his way and, and and lure him away from Denver. But it's going to this team has a lot of promise. And the most important thing, and this is the one question I had going into the playoffs about this team, was did they have the toughness and the heart? And they more than proved that in this playoffs. And that's why I think next year they're at least on the map. You know, they're not the pretender contenders; they're contenders next year. All right, we have Game Six: Celtics versus Heat. Heat are up three to two. It's still do or die time for Boston. Dave, what are you looking for in this one? I'm looking to see if if the Celtics can contain Bam Adebayo again. I mean, 13 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. I know that sounds crazy to say he was contained, but he had been killing them up until that game. So you know, that's my my big key. I think they need to win that battle and you know try to do the be- the best that they can against Goran Dragic, who also like has been lighting them up. Uh, I, I think if they can if they can contain Bam and do okay on Goran, they can win this game and we can get seven. I think the big thing there here for the Heat is going to be can they make threes again? You know, this team used to be able to shoot threes and they've gone dead cold. It feels like for most of this series from three. So I think that's going to be the big key. If they can make their three point shots, it opens everything up and it even unlocks BAM and makes it harder to try to contain BAM at that situation. So that's what I'm looking for in the game tomorrow or tonight or whenever the hell you listen to this. 
All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show, No Dunks, Tampering, and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. So don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes and to utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of the Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcast ad free plus some fantastic writing across all major sports all for a super low price get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding and hey you can read uh, my stories from after game five of Celtics heat if you feel like it so you never know when these promos are going to end so you better get there soon thank you as always for waking up with us and RIP to the Nuggets season but can I get a ding 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 ding, ding. ding.